Hello everyone, this is Sonata Allison, and you're listening to episode 41 of the Parallel Podcast, where we talk about sexuality as it should be. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Parallel Podcast. <laughs> so, um, as you can see, we'll be talking about masculinity today. I have brought George Hines back on the podcast, if you guys remember him from the episode on what a man should be. Um, yes, that is who will be talking to me about masculinity. So I don't know, something's just kind of been on my heart lately, just to kind of see the climate that our America looks like right now. Everyone's so focused on femininity. I just kind of wonder what that's doing to masculinity and why masculinity is even important. And I know George really likes to talk about this subject, so I wanted to bring him back on. Also, quick disclaimer, the, um recording platform that I'm using has just not been working that great lately so I did my best to kind of edit this episode um, but there are gonna be some parts where you're, you might lose some words or different things like that um, but I'm thinking maybe I will you know at some point go back and get a better audio hopefully um, but I just want to make sure to get this out to you guys because I think it's a great conversation so um, yeah hope you guys enjoy it and learn something think a lot and all that good stuff. All right, let's get right into it. So, hello, George. How are you doing this morning? I'm great. How are you? I'm good as well. So, um, you guys have already seen George before on the podcast or have heard him. Um, But for those of you who have not heard him, uh, George, I just want you to kind of tell the people who you are, what you're passionate about. Okay, my name is... Charles Jr. was in the country. You get named after your daddy. Um, my passion is just truth and, you know, that leads to freedom. I love love. I love people. Um, and I want the best for people, you know, as we spend our time here on earth. No day is promised. But I think when we do have a day, we should be seeking the highest form of ourselves. I believe that's found in Christ and in his word. Amen. So what is on the screen behind you? What is that about? Oh, so I thought it would be cool to put my background up. So I'm in the process of building an online university, Holiness University. Um, And the platform kind of came out of, like I said, just my passion for people. Um, I think marriage is one of the greatest institutions that exist on this planet. But I also think that it's an institution that has kind of died out and we relegated it to a paper or just, you know, this idea of restrictive monogamy. And I think that people, I think that, I think that life is suffering. I think we're going to suffer in life, but finding somebody to endure and balance that suffering with us by way of marriage, I think is one of the greatest gifts that God gave us. And um, I'm building a platform that's going to function much like a typical social media platform but it's going to be centered around biblical truth. And I'm going to challenge pretty much all the ideas that try to rival Christ. Um, starting at atheism, seventh day Adventism, Mormon, like everything, Muslim faith, mm-hmm. Hinduism, mm-hmm. Um, because I think people need perspectives. And ultimately everybody has the right to choose and live how they want. But um I don't, I don't think anybody has the right to stay ignorant. Ignorance to me is a cop out. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like, you know, it's there's a song by <laughs> There's a guy rapping a pop smoke, and I only heard like one of his songs. But in the one yeah. song I've heard, he He's says, I don't care. Yeah. He says, I don't care if you lose. You you don't ever stop fighting to get some sense of truth, understanding. That's how you build your life. Yeah. So That's good. Good mm-hmm. stuff. So, you know, what, how would you define masculinity? Because I know that's kind of the topic of Our topic today's for conversation. Today. Yes. Yeah. Um, so before I try, I myself define words, I typically look them up Yeah. and how I would have defined it is masculinity is the natural disposition of the male sex. Right. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peterson has, okay. He is probably one of the greatest thinkers of our time, um, about kind of masculine and feminine or masculinity and femininity or men and women per se in the energies that typically are encapsulated by the sexes. Mm-hmm. He said any random man out of a set of random women, the chances that you get a more aggressive or the chances that a man is more aggressive is 60% to 40%. And what he says is that's not a huge discrepancy like at the midpoint but then he begins to go into this idea that at the extremes it is very different i don't know how far you want me to go with that but mass it's up to you yeah simply, okay masculinity masculinity is a set of attributes that most men are expected or perceived to have i don't think masculinity is uh inherently or a good or a bad thing i think masculinity is just what it is i mean it's energy Right. It's like a lightning bolt. A lightning bolt is not necessarily a bad thing. It's actually beautiful to look at. But if it hits you, you're in trouble. Yeah. Um, and I think context matters. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a big deal. So for me. so why do you think like masculine is important? Why do you what do you think like a masculine man? How would a like what would a masculine man lend to a healthy relationship? Why is it important? Um, I think a masculine man just lends, I mean, his nature to a relationship, like his, his nature to protect. Um, I don't think it's in a man's nature to necessarily be a priest of a household. I think that is something spiritual that, that kind of goes to another level of a man. Mm-hmm. But the nature of masculinity is to protect, to provide, um, to be a little more aggressive, to be a little more assertive. And I think that those things are actually only refined through Christ and the Holy Spirit. Um, Mm. Because in our culture, you get terms like toxic masculinity, which I don't think is a thing. I don't think masculinity can be toxic. I mean, it is is what it is. Um, Mm -hmm. And and let's, let's say that it could be toxic. Then that means we can posit toxic femininity, right? Um, because logically, yeah. if, if one thing can be true, the inverse of that thing has to be a possibility or truth as well. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, in a sense, it's an attack on men and masculinity and manhood. And I don't even know if people are doing it consciously. I think people who are at, quote unquote, the top or the, the devils behind the scenes, I think they understand what it is and you can pass it Mm -hmm. off to culture as a thing. But I think most people don't realize how um, maniacal 
the core of it really is. Yeah. So do you think that there needs to be more focus on masculinity and like building that? In what regard? Focus on it. So, so basically, um, there's this woman named Esther, well-known therapist. Like she's really good at relationships and just life and stuff. And she said that if women keep being overserved in health and men keep being underserved, then neither will be good. So just like teaching men to be men and not like pushing so heavily that, you know, feminine femininity is like the highest regard that any human could work towards. Does that make sense? It didn't make sense. Try it again. <laughs> so basically the focus is femininity now at this point in like 2021, everyone wants to be a feminist, even men or women. It's like, if a man's a feminist, wow, you got a great man. But yeah, I have, not... I have no desire to be a feminist. Right. But there's not a lot of focus on growing masculinity in literal men. So do you yes. think there needs um, I don't know that there needs to be a focus. So here's my, here's my thing, right? You don't have to teach a kid to be a kid. You know, you, you put a kid in the bathtub, you get them clean, you put brand new clothes on them. If you send them outside, they're going right to play in dirt because that's what kids mm -hmm. do. A lot of kids will even try to eat the dirt. <laughs> you don't have to teach men how to be men. You just don't restrict them therein. Just, just in a sense, turn them loose. Just let, just let men do what comes naturally to them. Mm -hmm. That's how you begin to learn. If you have a content, All right, let's see. I believe I one like has to. I feel like you've been taught though, because I think in the past you've said like your dad was a great example of that. Well, but he wasn't healthy masculinity. He was teaching responsibility as a human. Okay. And and your masculinity lends to that level of responsibility. Right. Your masculinity begins to denote how far you should go in your. I think it's more of. I don't think it's the main thing. I think it's uh, it's, a, it's an auxiliary thing in a sense. Right. You teach truth, you teach responsibility. And then as a man, your masculinity begins to show out or play mm -hmm. out. Conversely, I think that depending on the environment, then right. the masculine tendencies begin to in what we would call the softer side of men, which is just the mm -hmm. energy. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. But I, I don't think my dad was saying, hey, son, this is how you be masculine or this is masculine energy. He never used the word, but. Mm -hmm. just, so I'm uh, sure when, when you said just let men go loose, I'm sure a lot of women are probably going to be like, oh, what does that even mean? Why are you saying that? Because uh, <laughs> it sounds like let, boys will be boys or whatever. Um, is the question is, is that a horrible thing? If boys are boys, what, like, what does that make a woman feel like? Yeah. I think people usually use that phrase when it's like, oh, he did this toxic thing or thing that's unhealthy because he's a boy. Just let him, you know, he's just a boy. It's just like making excuses for unhealthy behavior. Give me an example of uh, a thing that a man might do trying to think what would what do people usually when do people use that like if a man is just being careless with women it's like all oh, boys will be boys careless in what regard with their feelings or the decisions they're making it's just like disregarding anyone else's feelings so if i tell a woman that she's not attractive 
Is that toxic masculinity? No, it's honesty. I think that's different. All right, so give me an example of something that would be considered universally toxic. Toxic, okay. So cheating, I guess. Sometimes that's excused for men because that's just what men are sexual beings. So they just, he has to do that or whatever. It's just like he's excused for cheating. Loses him though, like like just other men or culture in general because he's a man. Culture, I think culture in general. Sometimes you'll hear, even hear people's family members say like, "Oh, well, boys will be boys," or like I guess dads will say that sometimes. I got you. I see. So I see what you're trying to say. So so things that things that a man should do to be responsible, he is not being held accountable, and right. they're using his quote unquote masculinity to to kind of. Excuse that. Give him a pass for being a clown. Right. Got it. Okay. No. See, I don't view that as toxic masculinity. I cheated on many women, and I don't feel like it was top me being toxic. It was me doing what, do you... what I wanted to do. Okay. So you're saying it's, those two things are not correlated to masculinity. It's just you yeah. as a person being <laughs> careless. Yeah. Just yeah. Just well, not even being careless. Like being intention intentionally uh, deviant. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't think like when you, when we first have sex, right? So let's say I am a man in a committed relationship with a woman. Mm-hmm. I'm not married to her, but I'm committed to her. We're monogamous. Um, if masculinity is toxic, if my job and goal is to protect a woman, the ultimate protection for a woman, the ultimate commitment is to make her my wife. Mm-hmm. According to the standard, to some degree, my masculinity is toxic then. Because I haven't earned the sex that she's given me because it's convenient. Mm. Define what's toxic in a man or what's toxic in masculinity. Start with scripture. Do we start with culture? Yeah. Is it how the woman who's receiving the masculinity feels? Is it relative? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what happens. Sometimes we attach words to things that are healthy it makes it unhealthy. Something by itself, like emotions, are are just things, and they're not unhealthy. Things. It's just how you respond to them. Yep. At the end of the day, in any given moment, with context, happiness can be looked at as admirable, or happiness in a moment could be looked at as psychotic. True. Right. <laughs> if I just won the lottery, I'm happy. Yeah. My kid just got his finger cut off i'm not happy mm-hmm. but if i am it's gonna say this person this guy's psychotic and he doesn't deserve to have that child in fact they draw further conclusions this child was probably hurt because of the level of carelessness that this parent has shown mm. yeah i think i think we've taken i think we have diminished context in our society in our culture and it's just whatever the clip is to get some type of we're willing to push it out. We don't go to come out because that's considered a toxic thing now, too. Something happens. We're just to assume that it was this. And right. how could it not be that? And then the evidence comes out and everybody's quiet because they're like, ooh, I, I see how that could have happened. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I, I find myself in spaces and this is where 
I don't want I, I use the phrase get in trouble. But <laughs> what I care about is that I have calibrated my expectations for humans based on my level of understanding. Mm. I don't care who you are, I don't care what you do. What I care is to understand why you do what you do. What's the likelihood that you will continue in that path? Is it going to impact me and my community? Because if it's going to impact me directly, I need to deal with it immediately. If it's going to impact my community, I need to formulate a strategy to to, to kind of change some of the things that may uh, negatively impact it. Mm-hmm. Right? So this idea of toxic masculinity has taken a hold of men in our community and men are afraid to do anything now. Mm. But it has negatively impacted the sex world, marriage, product of being able to do some of those things as precursors or prerequisites. So men are just not engaging. So, so how would you say were, those different? Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. How would you say in those different areas that that's true in marriage and dating and sex? You're saying that the lack of masculinity or men being full to be masculine has affected those different areas. Um, how, how men approach women now, um, men don't like rejection because of the platforms that have been provided for us to engage with women. There was a time, there was a time where you had to across a room or your friend had to get up. Hey, my homeboy George likes you. Um, he thinks you're pretty. He's been watching you for the last couple of weeks. I know him. He ain't gonna say nothing, but I wanted you to let I wanted to let you know that he likes you. Or I myself, I'm gonna get up and say, "Hey, I like your hair." I'm George. There, there's a there's a part of that that is necessary. A man needs to feel what it's like to potentially lose. Mm. With Tinder and all, what's it called? TikTok, Snap, like. All of these things, men don't really know what it's like to lose anymore. It's just you swipe mm-hmm. left or swipe right. But it's not the same feeling as, okay, dang, like I totally was lame walking across there. Like, God, that's the dumbest <laughs> thing I could have said. Like, <laughs> you, you get something that begins to build up a tolerance for how life is actually going to be. Mm. Um, that's one way it is it has impacted masculinity and relationships negatively. Okay. Women on the on the flip side of, of masculinity, you have women who I think the statistics go there are 10 to 20 who get all the women on Tinder. The bottom wow. 80% of men don't the bottom 80% of men they don't even get they don't even I, I think I've never been on Tinder. I think you swipe right if you like somebody left if you don't whichever yeah, way you like swipe, that. right? Only yeah. 10 to 20% of the men are getting swiped right by all of the women on the platform. Wow. Yeah, I got a, I got a friend, a young guy, and he's very attractive, charismatic. He tells me, he says, I clean up on Tinder. <laughs> like, I get... So, and then some people will say, oh, that's toxic masculinity, right? He's got all of these women that he's having sex with from Tinder. And he knows that's what they want to do because you wouldn't be on Tinder unless you were sexually interested. Right. Tinder right? is a um, definitely, so you know, people are doing on Tinder. 
some people will say that's toxic masculinity. This is where I, this is where I posit. Well, what about toxic femininity? So what is it about these women that makes them swipe right on these same men all the time? Whose responsibility is it not to do a quote unquote toxic thing? The man or the woman or the creator of Tinder? I mean, we could say everybody on Tinder's toxic <laughs> because that's what they're there for. Right. And yeah, and it's, yeah. And it's, so that's so that's why I say context in, in a Tinder setting. Toxicity is accepted universally. We're all here to ruin each other's lives. I mean, Basically. not consciously, but yeah. yeah. Um. So I think I think that's how things are being impacted in today's society. So which mm -hmm. ultimately leads to men never being able to deal with the wins and losses that come from life and culture, and not understanding how to navigate through storms relational storms emotional storms because mm -hmm. they just haven't had to deal with people on a real level um yeah and then pornography my god we don't, I don't, yeah. we don't even have to go there but yeah and i think that kind of lends to like being able to respond to rejection is also like masculinity but i also think like it kind of a feminine thing comes into that as well being willing to recover from that emotionally as well um, so I was listening to this podcast called The Roommates, and I think Esther Perel was on it as well. And she was talking about how like men are way less comfortable being emotional in public, and that they need like to find this information other ways. So she was saying like they won't come to her conferences. It's usually just a room full of women, whether married, single, or engaged. But these men will listen to her audiobooks, and they're like maybe the majority of the audiobook listeners. So are you saying masculinity is just more the like uh aggressive or whatever or are you saying that just like as a man you can have masculine and feminine tendencies it's just like masculinity that needs to be the most prevalent um because because it's energy masculinity feminine those are energies mm -hmm. like so in any given moment right i can be masculine and the very next moment i can be feminine mm -hmm. both energies or both appropriations of those can be correct within context. Both can be way incorrect and out of context. I think we all are masculine and feminine because that yeah. type of energy, like, so if two women, if two feminine women get into some type of altercation, um, verbal or physical, in some sense, they're engaging in what we call masculine tendencies. Yeah, that makes sense. But they're not men. If two men get into quarrel, some people would look and say, bro, like y'all just fight. Don't keep talking to each other, just fight. Because <laughs> men will fight. But if y'all just keep bickering and arguing, y'all acting like little women now. <laughs> like, yeah. so it's what what I think we've done a horrible job of in culture. And this is, I tell my friends, I say, you know, we're living in a like economical, uh, an economic inflation, no doubt. But yeah. I also feel like we're we're dealing with like a language inflation and emotional inflation because the words that we use, like we want people to feel things, right? So um, when you're talking about uh, adverse lifestyles, somebody will say, well, your thoughts on that are disgusting. And I'm like, well, no, they're not. Because mm -hmm. if you've ever smelled or tasted something disgusting, there is a physical path to it. Like you mm -hmm. throw up, you're about to gag and throw up. Mm -hmm. So when we say that something oh, that's disgusting, really disgusting, it should provoke something in your physical body.
that gives us evidence that it truly is discussed. So we use words now that don't actually correlate with the things that are happening. That is very true. And I think it has kind of desensitized us and take in, it's, it's kind of like the, the girl or the boy who cried wolf, right? Mm-hmm. You, you cry wolf, you cry wolf, you cry wolf. And then when the thing actually happens, nobody has an appreciation or a reverence for it because you've been saying that's what it was the whole time. This is just yeah. business as usual. Mm. And I think that the, that's the risk that we're running with playing these masculinity and femininity games when the real world was result is going to be people no longer getting married, no longer getting in sustainable relationships, no longer having children. Like it's the population is decreasing. And, and this is another thing. Everybody's talking about climate change and all of these things. And I'm just like, well, we do realize in 50 years, they're going to be less humans because people aren't having kids at the rates that they were. True. So if we just continue in this pattern, then things will naturally get better because there will be less people to utilize and consume the goods that we have here available. So I'm just like, a lot of the things that you see, that we see, that are given to us, that just doesn't make sense. Yeah. It just just doesn't add up. So, yeah, I think that's a good decision to make because I think maybe confused like, oh, be aggressive a leader responsible but you can be a man and be masculine and feminine that's not what we're saying here we're just saying that masculinity is a need in a man because it's something you're born with as a man yes i think so i think just testosterone leads to masculine more masculine tendencies Mm -hmm. estrogen ultimately leads to more feminine tendencies which is why understanding the creator, I, I think we do a horrible job in our in our culture of understanding what God, who God created men and women to be. Yeah. The word of God says he made them male and female. There's a distinction there. Something matters. Women mm-hmm. can't have children. <laughs> I mean, it's just a biological <laughs> fact. Yeah. Um, you know what I really think? And I haven't said this to anybody like in a setting like this, but I think that so you know what the first commandment is, right? Mm-hmm. I believe that in our culture, I, I, how old are you? Twenty six. Jesus. Okay. So twenty six <laughs> years. I'm I'm thirty four. I'll be thirty four in December. Okay. In two thousand thirteen is when I began talking about abstaining from sex. All right. I was okay. twenty five years, and you know. For a while, people were like, okay, HIV, did he have some type of fatal something? Like, what happened mm-hmm. to make him want to do that? The thing that happened to me was I wanted to be faithful to a wife. And I knew that continuing to do the things I was doing, there was no way I could stay faithful when I got married. So abstaining from sex on social media at that time was a huge thing. You're 26, mm-hmm. I'm 34, so that's eight years. So when I was 25, you would have been 17, right? When you were around 17 years old, abstinence on social media was a huge thing. Everybody was talking about abstaining, abstaining from sex. And and my platform became extremely popular because I was a decent looking straight man who was talking about abstaining from sex and women hadn't seen that before. Hmm. Right. So I amassed a 96 percent female following the men, except for the ones who knew me well, they stopped following me. Right. And 
what ultimately happened was we didn't create a space that was conducive to more healthy relationships. We created a space where women ended up being all the ones in the seminars, in the live talks, in the chat rooms, and men were like, I'm not hearing no man telling me not to have sex. <laughs> like, he's a clown for that. I believe the exact same thing is happening now with feminine and masculinity. Women are so interested in these topics. And men are just like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. But why? And no man is going to tell me that I can't have sex with my woman. Like, if, if conversely, no man, well, first, masculinity is different. So, so I think it's, it's, one, it's one situation. Masculinity mm -hmm. is a different one, right? So, no, first off, no man is telling me I ain't having sex with my woman. Like, he's a clown whatever i ain't hearing that mm -hmm. as far as masculinity goes what men don't necessarily understand the rules it's too complicated men love basketball baseball soccer hockey because there's a red team this scoreboard indicates who's winning is we know what out of bounds is we know how to get three pointers we know how to get two pointers we know how to score touchdowns we know how to get interceptions the rules mm -hmm. are solid. That's why we love that type of stuff. At the end, there is a clear winner. Mm -hmm. Masculinity, femininity are more abstraction. You don't know who's ahead. The rules of the game can change from moment to moment or day to day. So it's just something that we're just naturally not interested in. Because it's not easy to understand? It's not easy to understand. It's chaotic. Like, it... Jordan Peterson talks about order and chaos, right? Chaos mm -hmm. being the more quote-unquote feminine tendency, disposition, order being the more masculine disposition. We like for things to be in a neat little bitty box that we can understand easily, and we get to determine if we're going to play the game or not. The masculine and feminine conversation, I think is just, I think it's good clickbait, but I don't think most men are engaged in it yeah. because there's no end game. If you could clearly define what a masculine man is supposed to be and say that this is what a masculine man is always supposed to be in every circumstance, no matter what, men will be willing to listen. But because now women are saying, I need you to quote unquote, but healthy masculinity looks like you were saying earlier, more like feminine. Mm -hmm. And men are just like most men are just, there's something in us that's just not, it's just that job with it. So I think what hearing you say that it's like makes sense when you said earlier, like being in crisis, what's going to build you to eat, to understand our desire to those things. That's it. Like that, that can only be it. That's it. Like I tell people all the time, I say, you know, I say, I understand. Like if I were not me, I probably wouldn't follow me either because mm. I am so black and white. To me, everything is black or white. It's like, they're like, well, gee, everything can't be binary. Life is gray. I'm like, yeah, but you can only have gray because black and white are the prerequisites, the mm. pre-existing features. That's true. Like, gray doesn't exist in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. And it's like, look, I, I tell young women all the time, I mean, it, it, we, we can have the masculine feminine talks. We can have the abstinence sex talks. We can have the celebrity, whatever you want to talk about. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, there has to be 
you don't build ships without anchors. Something mm-hmm. has to anchor a man or to something. Christ is the anchor. He's the only anchor. Mm-hmm. And without Christ, these conversations are just great talking points. That's good. Yeah, that's good and that's true. <laughs> so, yeah, so in the conversation of masculinity, I want to read you these statistics and then see what you think after, okay. or like see what you have to say. So this guy named Mike Yotter on Instagram says 43% of boys have single mothers, 78% of teachers are female, nearly half of all boys live with 100% female influence, and home, uh, and at home about are only exposed to women at school. And then he says, toxic masculinity isn't the problem. The problem is a lack of masculinity. So what do you think about that? I think I reposted that. Let's go Let's go through it bit by bit. So the first statistic is what? 43% of boys have single mothers. Okay. And now, so is that like an American stat? I believe so. Okay. So in America, 43% of boys have single mothers, right? Mm-hmm. So it means that they don't get the same. Uh, and, and here's another thing. My God, I'm going to tell you what I think of that, but I'm just piecing it all together. Mm-hmm. You don't really know how it are until you marry one of them. <laughs> because in, in society, everybody is, everybody is just kind of in a space and we're having etiquette. We're having the type of etiquette that whatever space we're in requires. So you don't necessarily get the extremes that we actually are. In marriage, in one household under one roof, you get those extremes. Mm-hmm. Whether it's going to be from the man or the woman, you get masculine and fem- feminine energy. Most relationships are not neutral. So that stat is pertinent because 43%, so the other 57%, they live with men. So that means that they're at least getting getting a dose of each of the types of energies and the interaction between the two. Mm-hmm. So you have 40% of the men that live on this earth that at some women are going to have to choose to marry or to dismiss who have no idea how a man behaves in a house on a consist on a day-to-day basis. Right. So he cannot begin to formulate a quote unquote right or wrong perception. He just mm-hmm. doesn't have one. Yeah. Even if you formulate a wrong perception of what a man should be, you have one. So 43% of boys don't even have a perception. They don't, they don't know. I don't yeah. know if it's right or wrong. I just can't yeah. make a decision on it. Right? So that's that's huge. So the next stat is... 78% are female. Yes. I, I substitute teach. I taught for a long time as a substitute. And I was actually going to become an actual teacher. They just paid pennies and I don't have time for that um and you can tell the boys have never had by the way they just flock to you Mm. they want to play I think middle school is the best social experiment in the world because nobody understands anything at 12 13 and 14 right but they know everything it's it's like they can go from grown up to baby in a matter of minutes right Mm. so what I realized was, okay, girls are harder to connect with than boys because I've never been a girl. White girls connect with than black girls because I've never been white and I've never been a girl. Right. 
So you begin to look at the things that make us the same, right? We tend to make friends based on commonalities. Mm -hmm. So think about it from a young boy perspective, then a young black boy perspective. The female teachers have never been boys. Boys seem to be irresponsible, but we also seem abrasive and disrespectful and other things that she's never seen before. So the natural tendency when you're teaching, because you are still a human, you can't take your humanity, you can't take your culture, your life experiences away from you when you teach those kids, your tendency is to make those kids more like what is suitable to you. Yeah. So I think that's a dangerous game as well. When 78% mm-hmm. of the teachers that boys see, or 78% of the teachers that boys see are women, because mm-hmm. of those women, the tendency, the human tendency, not not the conscious tendency, not the ploy or or the agenda. Although I do think there is an agenda, the tendency is typically to make you more what I'm comfortable with. Yeah, and because I'm the authority in this setting, you have to conform to my will. Percent continues from the age of five to eighteen. What are we talking about? Right, huge part of a, of a of a boy's life, integral years. Um, next that. So it says nearly half of all percent female influence and, uh, at home about 80% are only exposed. Oh, sorry. So a hundred percent influence at home and then 80% only exposed to women at school. Yeah. So, and, and that's true because everybody know grandma lived for a long time. Grandpa <laughs> don't stay around that long. That's true. Yeah. Why does that happen? <laughs> From what I gather, um, life expectancy is a little shorter. For men, yeah. Um, you know, grand, grandma got tired of grandpa's crap. I, I mean, I, I don't I don't know, but I do yeah, know this. Interesting question. When, when I have children with my wife, and then they have children, and they bring them to the house in the community, we're going to say we go into grandma's house true it's just what we do it's grandma's house you don't ever think of grandpa it's grandma's house we're going to grandma's house today um because in our culture at least the one women have become like you know the matriarch so it's like a matriarchal standard where the woman is mama can't do no wrong grandma can't do no wrong but then you go sit down and you begin to see well grandma is a christian now and she's telling us all the things that we've done wrong and are doing wrong. Or mama is a Christian now. She's telling us all the things that we've done or doing wrong. And you start to do the math and you say, well, shoot, Aunt Helen is 60 years old. Grandma just turned 75. <laughs> You're like, well, grandma talking about we fast, but grandma what? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's like, but grandma, what? <laughs> what was that? So yeah. Aunt Helen's Aunt Helen. I remember her saying her daddy's name was Bobby, but Aunt Jean's name or daddy's name was Ray. Mm. So what grandma talking about? <laughs> like in the black culture. Not to question, right? 
And mm-hmm. when you when is the matriarch of the family, but you can't question the choices that the matriarch made, the tendency of men is to just be like, yo, what it creates is an unconscious distrust. Mm. I don't think we know all the time why we don't trust. I don't think we know why these things bother us because they are so buried deep within our genome that they just play out in types of ways that we are now trying to Mm -hmm. remedy or solve or resolve with understanding healthy masculine and healthy feminine traits. It actually reminds me of like from the beginning, like you're saying, it's been from a while ago, the Bible says that women are going to want to lead their man or, or rule over their husbands and we're there. And also then that makes me question, um, this lack of, you know, masculinity creates, creates passive men because of what the women are also doing yes it's like we we are working together to our demise as a culture yeah that's 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 black people on a grander scale we're working together to ensure our demise Mm -hmm. right because if you don't have healthy men right men are the ones who go and die in the wars we would if we needed an army of people to go defend America right now, we would not ask 100,000 women to go. The expectation would be that 100,000 men somewhere mm-hmm. are brave enough to go fight and potentially die to save the rest of us. Mm-hmm. So is that toxic? That a man should have to be willing to go fight and die? Because when men fight in an in a unseemly setting, and we say boys will be boys, we say that's toxic. But if somebody mm. has to go fight for the freedom of everybody else and potentially kill or die, that's heroic. And a lot of women are like, oh, they want equality. Then it's like, well, you, you're going to war. And it's like, ah, I don't know what that kind of equality. <laughs> so, I'm going to stay so home. Nine are talking about, they talk about gender pay gaps and mm-hmm patriarchal structures and white supremacy and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, you're fighting for equality in the CEO spectrum because that seems to be an attractive position. Yeah. Well, 98 to 99, I think, percent of bricklayers are men. Why don't we allot 50% of those jobs to women? (laughs) Why, Why ain't women fighting to be trash men? It's a good question. It's a good question. So what would you say to the man who grew up, you know, in this environment where it's constantly women uh, in home, in school, femininity is such a praised place to be. How, how would you encourage him to embrace his masculinity? What does that even look like? The first thing I would say to a man is don't decide who you are only based off the culture you were raised in. Get outside of your immediate environment to begin to figure out what pieces fit your life. The old people used to say it's village to raise a kid. Yeah. Right now. I don't know if the village had to actually give money to raise, but it's just the exposure. It's just like, hey, man, I like what my Uncle Ken did right there. My daddy don't do that like that. Dang, I don't like what Uncle Ken did right there. My daddy don't do that like that. 
Mm-hmm. Dang, bro, I like what I like what Mr. Charles does right there. I don't like that. Dang, Mr. Charles is scary sometimes. I don't want to be scary like that. Like you begin to see other you are exposed to different things that allow you to formulate what is going to work for you. And then you try it for a while. And if it gets you a desired result, then you continue to do it. You double down on it. Right. I think too many men. Too many boys are being able to make decisions too early in their lives that are going to have lifelong ramifications. Mm. We have over-sexualized everybody. Yeah. Genderism, homosexuality, heterosexuality. All of these things should not be so important right now. That's true. We have given adult power in some areas to children when they shouldn't have it at all. Mm. So my advice, depending on what age group I'm actually speaking to, if I'm talking to a five, if I'm talking to a five-year-old boy, is running into that wall ain't gonna kill you. If I'm talking to a ten-year-old boy. I'm saying, hey, my boy, you gonna keep running into that wall? At some point, you got to figure out that you ain't gonna be able to get through it. Mm. A 15 year old boy, you say, Hey my man, why are you why are you running in the walls anyway? What's the deal? You ain't a, you ain't a little you've known for a long time that you couldn't get through that wall. Problem now. You want attention? What you looking for? A grown man, a 20 year old man, it's like, hey dog, stop running in this building. You ain't no kid. Mm-hmm. Let alone running into a wall. Don't even run in the building. You're old enough to understand why you shouldn't do that. It the conversation changes because the audience changes. Mm-hmm. Even though the quote unquote circumstances are the same. Life has not life is not any different. Hold on. Principles of life aren't any different mm-hmm. than they've ever been. I think the scenery changes. You know, we've got social media now. We uh we, you know, we know a little bit more about history. I don't think we understand more. I think we know a little more. Um, I don't think we really know the implication things we're pursuing but we're Mm -hmm. pursuing them and we have the vigor as if they're new and they're hopeful and you know it's just not true like i I, what's your favorite movie i don't actually have one but for most of my life it was loving basketball (laughs) all right loving basketball right every time you watch loving basketball when my man is about to marry banks and so now Lathan bring him the flowers. It like we we all still get that feeling of like, please don't do that. Yes. It's like, bro, please, please don't do that. Like, <laughs> and then they play one on one and he dominates her, right? Yeah, he surely did. I cried. He dominated. <laughs> like, dang, like, you don't care. That, yeah. That, all of us, like, as a man, it's like that thing, like, you can kind of nah, bro, don't let her win. Oh my gosh. But then after he was like, hey, double or nothing, it's like, yo, that's my boy right there. I like how he did that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. See, women, women, y'all could have done without him dominating. There's just no let her win. But men, it's like, nah, bro, don't just give in easily. Like, prove to her that you are who you are and then let her know that you love her enough to give yourself to it. And that's actually a beautiful example of love if you break it down. Beautiful. 
Mm-hmm. I imagine God is looking at us and right. life how we look at movies. Mm. I know what the end's gonna be. I know what's gonna happen. Like you're doing all this stuff for dramatic effect when you don't have to. <laughs> Just be together. Just love each other. But yeah. we like a great story. We love the emotional roller coaster. Like we love it. Can't live mm. without it. So we focus more on auxiliary things that are gonna make us feel like we're making progress. Mm. Right? I asked a young lady the other day, in regards to femininity and masculinity, right? So let's use this analogy. There's a farmer who has, okay, let's say that um, a virtue that all farmers must have is patience, right? You have a farmer over here who has yielded, he has a huge farm and he's yielded crops years and years to come, right? You have another farmer over here who's never actually yielded a a, a healthy harvest or crop, but he's teaching people to have the patience that farmers. If you want to be a farmer, successful farmer, which one of those two are you going to be mentored by? The one with a longer record. That's actually done it, right? Right. In our society, so let me repaint the picture so it's clear to the audience. There's, there are two farmers. You get to choose between who's going to mentor you. One farmer has been a successful farmer for years. He knows that patience is a part of being a farmer because he's actually had to be patient through yielding his harvest. Over here, you have a farmer who hasn't planted or done anything. He's just teaching people how to be patient in farming. Who are you mentor you? Everybody without fail or is going to say, I'm going to get mentored by the farmer who's been successful, who mm-hmm. clearly has the patience because he's a successful farmer. In our generation, we're allowing the person who's teaching patience but has never actually done farming to get rich off of us. That is true. <laughs> it's like people are teaching masculine and feminine energy and nobody is stopped to say, okay, Show me how it has worked in your life that yields the end result that I want. Yeah. And they're like, ooh, God God is still doing that for me. And ain't ain't nothing wrong with teaching, but be clear about what your limitations are. Yeah. It's like, hey, guys, I can only teach you. um, I know your goal is to get to level 20. I can only teach, but I think level seven is pertinent. And people would say, ooh, okay, well, I like you, so I'll, I'll allow you to teach me to level seven. But a lot of people mm-hmm. are going to say, oh, okay, well, cool. If all you can teach is level seven and my goal is to get to level 20, then I'm uh, I'm going to head out to where the level <laughs> 20 people are. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. my point in that is, in regards to toxic masculinity or femininity, is the thing that pursues, asserts, and tries to make things happen, right? It's the hunt. Mm-hmm. Think about all the people on social media who are teaching things that they have not done. Would we consider that a toxic masculine trait or a toxic feminine trait? <laughs> Will we consider it toxic at all? Mm. Because energy is, all thermodynamics says energy can neither be created nor merely right. transferred from one place to another. So in any given moment, how are we using these energies to procure, procure the things that we want in life? So again, in regard to toxic masculine, what's toxic feminine, 
we have to begin to look at, okay, who's teaching what in society? What is the benefit from teaching that? Why are they saying it? Why is anybody saying that any, anything is a toxic masculine trait? Are they saying it because they want more men to marry women? Are they saying it because they want to become more wealthy? Why are they? Why does it matter at all if men are toxic or, or if, if masculinity is toxic? What does that hinder women from doing? What does it hinder other men from doing? Yeah. Like if masculinity is toxic, how does that impede the growth of humanity? No, I think that's that's good though. And I think just obviously, like we said earlier, to be masculine and who you truly are kind of just wrapping it all up is you're not looking for that in humans, especially humans lived it or aren't it, but also you have to find it in Christ and remember, you know, what it means to be masculine in the first place. It's not what people have attached to it. And it's actually something beautiful, just like femininity is beautiful. So even, even when a her as destructive as a hurricane is to study how hurricanes form, it's a beautiful process. Hmm. Now, the devastation that it causes is not a beautiful result. Like, that's why the word of God says, all things work together for the good those called according to his purpose. Mm -hmm. The Bible speaks that nature in and of itself moans and groans and hopes for the return of God. Right. The things that we see in the world as we believe it as Christians are a result of a man's disobedience. When he was told clearly what he is to do, not to do. And know that the Bible says, hey, it was not the man who was deceived by the enemy. It was the woman. But sin entered the world through the man. Mm. Like, that's a frustrating thing. It's like, wait a minute, God, I wasn't deceived. He's like, nope, you weren't deceived, but you listened to a woman and you right. would have listened to me. Mm -hmm. Like, j just see, I, if I were a woman and somebody said, because you listened to that woman, I would be offended. Like, our culture is offended. What do you mean because you listened to a woman? But then they say, well, hold on. The person who said that was God. Then you back off a little bit. Because now the woman right. gets to see how God deals with the man. And he said, mm -hmm. all this stuff that I gave you, it like this. You don't get to just manage it. You will earn your keep, your crop, from the sweat and hard work that comes from your brow and your hands. Right? Woman, because you were deceived, you're, you're going to be multiplied pain and childbearing. You are going to be... Uh, you're going to desire your husband, but he will mm -hmm. over you. Mm -hmm. That, if, when you read that scripture in Genesis chapter three, like that's where feminism began, women's empowerment. It, it began in Genesis three. So when you read that, it sounds like, oh, okay, you're going to desire your husband, but he will rule over you. It sounds like women are just going to long for their man and they're going to want, want him to love her, but he's not going to do it. Mm -hmm. That same word desire, same word that God uses in Genesis chapter four when he's talking to Cain. He said, Cain, I'm telling you, my boy, sin is lying at your door and it desires you. Mm. Basically, it wants to destroy you. Women in chapter three again, your desire is going to be for your husband. He will rule over you. What God is saying is that you're going to 
want to take the place of this man. It cannot happen. Mm -hmm. There is a divine order that I established, which is why when Jesus came to earth, he never picked any women to be disciples. He didn't run them off. He didn't pick them, though. That can be yeah. offensive to some women. Me and, me and my cousin actually go back and forth about that. It's mm -hmm. like Jesus never ran the women off. It was actually women who spread the gospel more than men did. Yep. It, the men were in and out the whole time. They were doubting. They were like, yo, this can't be true. Who is this man? What type of person is this that can tell the wind to calm down? <laughs> so what we have to understand is that in our natures, in our natural dispositions, in our natural settings, we are all flawed. Mm -hmm. We just have to understand as a man what my tendencies will be. As a mm -hmm. woman, what will my tendencies be? How can pride, greed, laziness how can these things affect me as a man right. conversely as a woman how can these things impact me or affect me as a woman and you begin to mm -hmm. work out your own soul salvation Amen. evidence that we have been prevented about what a man or a woman is so we no mm -hmm. longer focus on oh is toxic is masculinity toxic or is femininity we don't have to worry about any of that all those are our energies to help us express how great God is and ultimately give glory to his divine name and nature. Mm -hmm. But we've extracted these things out. And in a sense, we've made them idle because we feel that if I can get my masculinity right, then I can ultimately get my relationship right. Mm. If men can get their masculinity right, then we can get the workplace right. We can get politics right. God is saying, I don't care how right you think you get your masculinity. If I'm not the head, it won't matter. Amen. That's good. Amen. And that's it. <laughs> that's good and that's it. That's like the best way to end it because, I mean, on this podcast, I always bring it back to Jesus and who God is because we these things are fleeting. They change. They're going to change and they're going to be flawed. So Christ has to be the thing that we're running after. So there are going to yeah. be things we can be mindful of, like leadership, responsibility, accountability, um, being nurturing for women and all that stuff. But at the end, of the end of the day, it has to be Christ. So good stuff. So glad you came Great on the stuff. podcast again today. Um, as you guys know, um, we do have Patreon and you have access to um, things that are not applicable uh, or accessible to people who are listening for free. Um, you can follow the parallel on Instagram at the parallel pod. Where can the people find you, George? Um, you can find me in the presence of God, man. I'm just trying to, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, if you, if people care to follow me, I'm on social media, I'm on Instagram. Um, but man, don't follow me, read your Bible. That's, <laughs> okay. that's going to ultimately get you where you need to be, man. I, no, that's actually really good. Yeah. Okay. That. So. I'm going to say that that's for men as well and women as well. Um, but yeah, uh, as you guys know, remember to always love, and I will speak to you guys next week. Bye. Ciao.